Welcome in to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. I'm actually on my way this week to uh, to the Big Ten Tournament in Omaha, Nebraska. So if, if anyone who listens to the podcast lives in Omaha, uh, hit me up on, on Twitter, or hopefully we can meet up, or I'll see you see you at the at one of the games. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to be able to go up there and, and watch watch a lot of baseball this upcoming week. So it should be fun. I'm pretty excited about it. On this week's episode, we have Adam Cornwell. Adam is currently the pitching coach at the University of Indianapolis. He, he actually pitched um, collegiately at Indianapolis, and this is his, this. He just completed his first year back as pitching coach. Um, previously, he was the volunteer at Dayton, and then before that, he was at Iona. So, known him for a little bit. Known Adam. We actually um, have some mutual friends. Back when I was at playing baseball at Xavier, a couple of my teammates actually played with Adam when he was out in California. He talks a little about his experience when he played out in California when he was in college. So great guy, great information. Hope you enjoy it. If you love pitching, you're going to want to stick around and listen to this whole episode because Adam does a fantastic job giving away a lot of great content for free. If you haven't, please make sure to go and, and subscribe Leave a five-star rating. Write us a review on iTunes. The more ratings and reviews we get, the more people and coaches and parents and players can listen to this podcast because that's just the way the algorithm works on iTunes. So if you like the podcast, please head to iTunes. Give a five-star rating. write Write a review really does help us a lot, and I appreciate it. I read all the reviews, so uh, thank you to everyone who has uh, written reviews so far. Ladies and gentlemen, here is now my episode with Adam Cornwell. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we now welcome on the podcast Adam Cornwell. Adam, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, appreciate you having me. So this was your first year at University of Indianapolis as the pitching coach yep. uh, coming coming right out of the gate what was one thing that you thought you did a good job of and one thing that you reflecting back you feel like you could have improved upon as a as a coach yeah I think that uh, I think the the biggest thing is um, you know I thought I did a really good job of kind of bringing a mentality a different mentality to um to our program, like, you know, I was, I've been at division one for the past three years and, and there's a little bit of sense of urgency with, with those guys that they want to go play professional baseball. Well, it's not that case with every kid that goes division two, um, you know, whether it's their, their coaches have always told them that, you know, you're not going to be a, a pro athlete or you're not going to be a college baseball player and they get the chance to do it. And then, you know, their dreams are kind of shot and it, 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 some, some kids just don't have the drive. Um, at division one, it's like, it's the complete opposite. Every kid you recruit, they're like, Oh, I'm going D one, you know? Um, uh, and, and they've got the drive. And, and so that's, that's the kind of mentality that I brought, you know, I, I played there for three years. So it was, you know, and, and then I played professional baseball. So it was like, it can happen. You can get there. You can do it. Just put the work in, um, you know, you know, your mentality is, is huge. Use it. And, and you're, you're going to get to the level that you want to get to. Um, as far as the stuff that, you know, that I thought I could do a lot better job of, um, you know, we had 28 pitchers or something like that. It's a lot of, a lot of arms, um, you know, and, and being able to manage the time that I use for those guys, um, a lot better, um, you know, being my first year of having a staff that big, 
at every other place that I've been to. At Iona, I had a, a, a another pitching coach with me helping. At Dayton, I was the volunteer with you know under the other pitching coach um, for two years, and then now this. And so this is my first time really handling a pitching staff full by myself and adding about six to seven arms um, from what I'm used to. Um, it was a lot of work, a lot of work, and 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 so um, just just being able to handle my time a little bit better, planning it out. Uh, scheduling out a little bit better. Um, so, so really each kid um, feels like they get everything out of me that, that they need. Going back to your, your first point right there, when you talked about like kind of in a sense, motivating kids, pushing kids to believe that they can play professional baseball if they want to. I mean, that's, you're kind of getting into the art of, of coaching, right? And like, how did, how, how did you go about getting some players to be like, I, I can do this? Yeah. Um, you know, one being able to, to say that I did it helps. Um, you know, I didn't, I did it, but I didn't do it great. Uh, you know, I, you can look at my numbers and it's not like I was the greatest pitcher ever. And, um, you know, I, but, but putting the work in and, and showing them that, Hey, you know, there is a path, um, you know, and then, and then luckily we got it. We had a kid that, um, you know, I, I, I was really hard on at the beginning of the year and just kind of show, you know, Hey, this is, these are the things you got to do. And he ended up having a really good year and it, it motivated a lot of our kids, um, you know, and just just being able to say, you know, these are the things I've seen it. I know the guys that have gone. I've worked worked out with guys that, you know, that are in the big leagues right now. This is how they work out. This is what they do. Your perception of what you think happens, um, you know, when those guys get those big paychecks in, in the MLB is really wrong. Um, and, and, and I'm here to tell you that because I know firsthand, um, and, and, and those guys work out harder than, than anybody, you know, it's their full-time job, you know, they're, they're, they're 7 a.m. wake up call. And then they're, you know, they're working out all day long, um, you know, striving to get, you know, to be the best, um, you know, and, and some of these kids just think it's like, oh no, that's God given, you know, ability. They don't have to work. Well, yeah, maybe some of them. Yeah, you're probably right. There are some guys up in the big leagues right now that that don't work, um, but the majority do and they work hard. So, yeah. And I think the, the cool thing to me anyway about pitching and developing pitchers is it it is more of a science definitely than hitting is. And you can truly, I mean, take somebody who's you know not a prospect and turn them into a prospect and i've seen that firsthand several times on the pitching side and i think you know off the air we were talking a little bit about that too but um i think that's what that's what makes pitching really fun to me and i haven't i've started to dig in a little bit more recently i was actually preparing for this podcast i was watching little tom house videos and yeah. uh, kind of getting my mind right but uh i mean what rabbit holes have you kind of gone down on the, on the pitching development side lately yeah, I, you know, I think I think one the 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 thing that can't be you know talked about enough is is the kids want to right um, you know no matter what pitching coach you have in the country you could have the best program in the country if the kid doesn't want to do it or doesn't want to put the time in to do it he's not going to be successful you're not going to get that kid better um, at, at, at least better as in like you know big stretch of getting better. Um, you know, and, and, you know, most, most schools do three times a week, weightlifting. Um, it's not enough. It's not enough. You got to be in the gym. You've got to be talking to your weight coach and, and getting, um, you know, four to five, um, strength sessions a week. in. um, and that's super key to a kid's development. Um, you know, and, and that's, we've seen with the kids that have gotten better here, 
Um, and even at Dayton, um, even at Iona, um, those guys that got better were, were the gym rats. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of things that I can do as a coach and I can say, Hey, you need to get here and here and here, this place, this place. If you, if you, if you're not strong enough, you're not going to be, you're not going to be to your max potential. Um, so that's what I tell kids, you know, you got, you need to get in the gym. Um, but two, I think something that's helped a lot of our guys, um, you know, I, I, am uh, on base U certified. I did, you know, did all that, uh, stuff for the pitching side. Um, and, and, um, you know, I, I assess all of our guys, um, at the beginning of the year, um, kind of get a baseline, uh, try to, you know, I do it right before we leave, um, for winter break, get a baseline. I give them, um, what's called Eldoa for baseball. It's another, uh, certification through, um, on base U and I, and I give them those videos and then, um, and have them do it's more like stretching and stuff like that. Um, have them do that stuff. They usually come back. I, I test them again. I did a bad job of testing our guys back when they got back because it was like hit the ground, we're rolling. Um, and you have, you only have so many hours in, in the NCAA. So um, got a little, got a little hectic there. Didn't get them, didn't get them uh, tested right before the season, but the, the, you know, I had, like I said, I have like 28 pitchers. I think I tested maybe 16 or 17 of the arms and of those 16, 17 arms, every single one of them got better from um, the from the winter to to then coming back from the winter. Um, so they're putting the work in, um, and 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 that's that's all we kind of ask for as coaches, right? Is, is put the work in over the break that we're not we're not seeing you, and um, and 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 our guys did that, um, and I think we got away from doing that in the season, um, which is why we didn't really have the season that we wanted to. But um, I think I think the the on base shoe stuff's huge. I think you know that. He, that stuff, I, you know, I, I haven't really dove into the hitting side. I, we did a little bit at Dayton, but again, I'm not a hitting guy. And I, I just know that the body being able to move the way the body needs to move to, to do those things is huge. Um, what were some of the, the common things that you found um, when doing, when doing that screen on pitchers? Like, was there a certain screen that like all of them failed or like a low hanging fruit or anything like that? Oh yeah. Ankle mobility. Mm. It is the, I mean, the number one most failed, thing that I uh, test that I saw was, um, you know, just the ankle mobility, being able to, to move it in all directions. Right. You know, it, the, the big thing is right. Your body's made up of mobile and stable joints. And you, it, when your ankle starts to be, you know, stable and can't move, it's going to move up to your knee or, you know, down to your foot, whatever. And you're going to have problems. It's going to run up the, the chain. Right. Um, and, and your ankle mobility may cause your lower back to hurt. Right. And, and getting those things and figuring out those things, um, some of the in injuries that we had really got better because of, you know, seeing these, these tests and going, okay, you're really immobile in your, in your shoulders, right? Okay. Well, I've been having lower back pain. Well, okay. Let's get your shoulders, you know, your, your posture better. Let's get your shoulder moving a little bit better. Okay. Then maybe that took a little bit of tension off of my, my tricep pain or my forearm pain, just things like that. It, it, it helped a ton with, um, and, and, you know, knock on wood, luckily we were, we were, you know, very fortunate not to have any serious injuries this whole, this whole season. Um, and I think, I think it was a big part to do with um, the TPI stuff um, along with, you know, I, I implemented the, uh, uh, the Marv, um, you know, the weight of all the plyo care Marv training stuff, the, the bands and stuff. Um, with them. Um, and, and that stuff helped out a lot too. How did you like speaking of the, of the Marv Tramp? Are you talking about the plyo balls that they had? Yeah. How'd you like those with the seams? So I loved it. So Caleb Long has 
Caleb Longshore, I think, is the guy. I think that's Longley, 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 yeah. Long, yeah. Longshore. He's Longley. a good dude. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I had I have a really good relationship with uh, with Tracy Smith, who was you know, the head coach down at Arizona State. Um, his his youngest son was in my wedding um, when he oh, yeah. his time his time at Indiana. That's where I got to know the family really well. And um, you know, I met Caleb down at the convention this past year. Actually, I met him in Austin um, for the Arizona State Regional last year. Um, and then I met him again down at the, the convention and he showed me the balls and I was like, man, these are, these, you know, the, with the seams, it's really cool. And got to, you know, got to thinking about it. And he was like, look, man, he's like, I've seen it. You know, when you, when you start using the, the, you know, the, the whole, the plyo cutter, right. Um, that, that pitchers have with, when they start throwing those plyo balls, they, they tend to get around the ball a little bit, um, because there's no seams and it doesn't feel like a baseball. Um, and it's helped it's, you know, in his eyes, you know, it's helped having those seams to not have that plyo cutter. Um, and so, you know, I, I was like, sold, sold me one. We're on a budget here at division two, right? The balls are a little bit cheaper. Um, and oh, they are cheaper. Oh yeah. They're, they're a little bit cheaper. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Customer service is awesome. You know, you text Caleb right away and he's like, all right, what do you need? You know, Oh, you know, your ball broke. I'll send you another one. And you get another one in the mail in two days. Um, not saying that driveline is not like that because I've had good customer service through them, but the demand of their balls, sometimes they're out of stock and you got to wait and you got to wait and you got to wait. Um, but they just came out with, uh, with a, a low seam, a low seam ball for, for college. Cause all their balls were, were like high school size seams. And so that, you know, that was the biggest complaint that our guys had, um, was, yeah, we love the seams but I throw them and it feels like my fingers are going to rip off, uh, <laughs> you know? So, um, Caleb came out with a, with a, a low seam ball and, and I'm, I, he had it at the convention. He had one of them and it was awesome, but he had, they hadn't uh, made them yet. And so, um, he, he just released those and I'm, I'm going to buy like 10 sets of them because our guys, our guys loved them. They, they over and over again, they were like, these are way better than the, than the, the driveline balls or the, you know, any other sort of pile balls that they use um just because of the seams on them so normally with the plyo balls right you're throwing it obviously into a plyo like a plyo wall mm -hmm. with the seams i mean are more guys playing catch with those because it feels more like a baseball or they some, still do. some do yeah yeah some do not not a lot i mean not we didn't have a lot of guys that were doing the um you know throwing the weight of balls for for velocity training or anything like that um you know i'm i'm, I'm a type of guy it's not you know, I don't disagree with the program like that. I don't agree with it's not it's, it's I'm kind of a middleman. Um, you know, if you want to do it, I've got the background and, and training and, and to, you know, to understanding those kind of programs. And and I kind of let my guys, you know, shoot, pick and choose what they want. Um, you know, I don't have a set program to do anything. So if they want to if they want to do that stuff, just come talk to me and, you know, we'll, we'll talk through the program. If you're going to do something that might affect your arm health or something like that, then We'll probably nix it, but majority of the times it's like let's have a discussion and then and then kind of see where where things go from there. Is is increasing the velocity of your pitchers overall like a, a goal that you have heading into the year? Um, yes and no. Um, I think I think um, going into this year it was it was less of a a, a focal point. Um, more so, we were we were teaching the guys how to pitch. Um, and we were young on the mound, young, young. We, I think we had like 29 sophomores on our team. Um, you know, our starting rotation was sophomore, junior, sophomore, sophomore. Um, you know, so in most majority of the guys, I think we lost two pitchers of the, of the 28. Uh, we lost two, maybe three, I think three. 
Um, you know, so, so that right there in itself is like, we were young on the mound um, and just trying to get these guys some experience, um, you know, coming from, you know, coming in our most experienced guy had 25 innings the year before. Um, yeah. So that we had lost, you know, over like 85 to 90% of our innings coming into the season. So we were a young staff, young and experienced staff. Um, even our old guys, they had, you know, the year before it only gotten like 10 innings max. Um, you know, so it was just more of a, Hey, let's get them experience. Let's get them on the mound as much as we possibly can. Um, so there was a little bit less of a development aspect in, in our program this year as it was to get them experience. Um, Which I guess you could argue is development. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, we did see some increase in velocities from some guys. Um, we didn't from most. Um, but I did think that we, we, we saw an increase in the mentality that we had on the mound. Um, especially towards the end of the season, early on, if you look at the stats, look at the numbers, it's, it's ugly. Um, you know, it's really ugly. And then, and then you kind of see you, you bear down towards the end of our season. You're like, okay, these guys actually threw the ball pretty well. And it's just the experience aspect of it, you know? So now that these guys got experience, it's like, now I get to play a little bit, you know, I get, I get to, you know, break down their film a little bit more and, and, and try to get these guys maybe to throw a little bit harder. So that might be a, uh, a, a bigger focal point going into next season is, is let's get these guys thrown a little bit harder, um, get their, their spin on their, their breaking balls a little bit tighter and, and, and change up, get that, you know, moving well and, and see where things go. What, what's the biggest value that you see in, in pitchers who, who have experience versus not have experience? Just the competitiveness. Um, oh. You know, uh, like I said, we had one guy that came in, um, he had 25 innings last year. The next closest had 16, um, you know, and, and that kid that had thrown, thrown 25, he was just a different animal. Um, he's only a sophomore and he was, you mean, you know, when, you mean, when you say competitiveness, do you mean like just their mindset on the mound of like trying to get the hitter out? Yeah. Yeah. And just in the comfortability when they're out there, you can tell, like, you know, some of these guys, you, you, you put them out in the mound and you can just see it on their face. They're like, if I mess up, then, uh, then I'm not going to pitch for two weeks. And those guys that have experience are like, I've done, I've been here, done this. Like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Um, and, and so that's, that's where, you know, that's where I see the most, you know, on, on the experience side is like, just, I've done it. I'm going to go out and do it again and do it again. And that's why, you know, going into the summer, a lot of the guys that we had coming in, you know, when I had my first meetings, it was like, I, I told our, I told our other assistant, I said, we got three pitchers that I'm confident in three pitchers. I'm like, we have 28. What, what, what's going on? And it's because those guys didn't go out and they didn't play summer ball. Um, and I think summer ball is huge, you know, for guys, that play summer ball? No, no, none of them played. They needed to, they said they needed to work and they just didn't, they didn't throw a lot. Um, and so our, our thing this year was, you know, we're going to get the guys out and we're going to play, they're going to play summer ball, you know, having the grand park league here is huge. Um, you know, it, it allows, you know, the, the, the guy that runs the league up there, he was actually my pitching coach at UND when I played, um, you know, so having the connection up there is huge. Having those guys up, they're just throwing innings. I don't care if you're in a men's league, you know, as a pitcher, go out and throw the more that you're going to, you're going to throw, the better you're going to be the, you know, the experiences you're going to gain experience. And honestly, if you throw against men, the men's league teams, you might gain a little bit more confidence than if you throw against the college team, because you're going to just go out and dominate them. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't really care. I'm not too big on, you know, you need to go play in the Cape Cod league. Like, nah, okay. Maybe, maybe for some, yes, because you need the exposure, 
But for, for most, it's it, especially at this level, it's like, just get on a team, get innings and, and let's get experience and go. What's, what's the average velocity at the D2 level versus the D1 level? It, it varies. Um, you know, we have, we have, you know, our, our, our main guy, he, you know, he was up to 92 this year. Um, you know, we saw Illinois Springfield's uh, one of their starters was up to 96. Um, you know, in the, in the GLBC tournament, we just had a, a bullpen guy come in and he was up to 95. Um, you know, uh, we had a lefty we faced that was up to 93, 94. Um, you know, so the higher end guys, uh, you know, they, they throw hard. Um, and, but I guess I would say the, you know, the average on our team was probably, it sat somewhere probably around 85, 86 miles an hour. Um, but you see bullpen, you see, you see starters at, in the big 10 level that are, that are, you know, 85, 87. Um, you know, at, at Dayton, we had some guys that were, and we had a lot of guys that had the ability to throw over 90, but where they actually sat was probably 86, 88, you know? So, um, from mid-major to D2, there's, there's not a huge jump. Um, you know, when I, when I was, when I was playing, you know, we had two guys that, that threw over 90 at, at UND. And then I transferred to the university of Pittsburgh to play my last year. And we had every single guy, except for two on the staff, um, sat 90 and above. Um, so you, you look at, you know, just, it kind of just depends on, on, you know, where you're at in the country at the division one level, as opposed to, you know, division two, but, um, I would say it's probably some sim- more similar to like a mid-major, you know, A10, OVC, you know, Ohio or uh, uh, Missouri Valley type type arms. Obviously, the the top end guys in those conferences are uh, you know a little bit better. But um, there's definitely there's I mean there's some guys in our league that I'm like I didn't see that at Division One, and I went down and played South Carolina. Mm. Like <laughs> like <laughs> there were some kids there this year that I was like, boy that how'd that kid slip through the cracks? Well, it's like, well, it developed, it yeah. developed. They didn't, and they stayed true and they, they stayed with their program and didn't jump shit. So what, what our velocity are you looking for when you're out recruiting? Um, you know, I, I, I I'm not necessarily out looking just for a velo- lot, you know, the velocity, but you know, it, it piques my interest, right. If the kid's 85, 86 right now, you know, if, if he's a, if he's a junior, he's 85, 86, if he's a, if he's a senior, he's, you know, 85, 86. I'm like, okay, what, what more does he bring? Is he competitive? Right. Cause he's probably going to come in, you know, more times than not right around what he's, what he's at, you know, at, you know, if he's a senior, um, junior, he has another year to develop, but as a senior, he's probably going to come in at that. Um, but there's also late bloomers. You know, I was a kid that, you know, I got to UND and I, my, my first time ever hitting 90 was my last game of high school. Um, you know, and, and so there, we have kids like that all, you know, we had a kid that, came in as a freshman and, you know, we knew, we knew that he was, he's actually from the Dayton area and um, we knew he threw hard, but you know, he was 90, he was like up to 90 coming in. And then he, I, I saw him throw 94s, you know um, you know, so it, it, and that, that was like, without me even touching him, <laughs> you know, right. I just, he developed on himself. And again, that's a kid that's in the gym all the time. Um, you know, so you know, that's, that's kind of where I, you know, I, there it's a, it's a range. It's a range. Yeah. It's, you yeah. know, I, I may look for a lefty that's, that's 82 to 84 that has pitchability over a kid that a lefty that's 85, 87, that doesn't know where the ball's going. Um, you know, I, it just kind of, it's just kind of, you know, hit or miss and how, how competitive the kid is on the mound. That's, I mean, you can see it when you're out recruiting and uh, does this kid have a little bit, something different about him. 
Um, and, and most times, like I said, you can see it. Why did you transfer to Pittsburgh? Uh, I, I graduated early. Um, so I was, I was out and then, and then the, uh, the grad program, uh, that I was, I was going to go into, um, UND didn't offer it. And so I, I got looking around and, um, my, the head coach that I played for at UND, um, Gary Vaught was, um, is best friends with the old, uh, Pittsburgh head coach, uh, Joe Giordano. Um, and he was like, you know, I, I transferred that semester at, after the first semester, uh, Pittsburgh had a few injuries that, um, to a couple guys they've had planned to start in the rotation. And I was kind of a guy that he was like, Hey, you can trust this kid. He's, he throws hard, he, you know, he can go do that. So, um, I got over there and, you know, um, learn, that's where I learned a lot. I learned, I learned a ton over there from, you know, just seeing, you know, I got to see Brennan McKay throw, you know, he threw, he was, we, we, we started out ACC play. He was the first pitcher we saw and it's like, mm, good luck. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, JB Bacalus was a kid we, we, we face against, he's up to a hundred against us. It's like, that's what it looks like. That's what a real pitcher looks like. You know, I got to face some really good hitters. Um, you know, <laughs> Virginia that year had Paven Smith and Adam Hazley. You know, they went seventh and eighth overall in the draft that year. Um, you, know, I, you know, there's you just you just get to see a little bit more. And um, it, that was a driving factor for me, definitely, you know, in my decision. Um, I, I didn't throw a whole lot when I was over there. Um, but the experience that I got, just seeing how a, how a Power 5 programs run, the competition they play, the level of, you know, preparation you have to have day in and day out. Um, and knowing that I wanted to coach, that was that was kind of the decision to leave. What were some of the things that you uh, you learned as a pitcher when you were there? When I was at Pitt? Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it, it was tough for me um, because I came in January 1 um, and we started February you know, 12th or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, you know, but as far as like what I learned, you know, we had on that on that staff, I think only two, maybe three guys didn't go play professional baseball. Um, you know, that year, our number one got drafted, our, our, uh, our closer got drafted, our number two got drafted. Um, you know, I think we had maybe, maybe five draft picks or something like that from the team, but just being around guys that, that want to push themselves day in and day out. Um, you know, that's where, that's where my perspective really changed. Um, you know, I think that I was, I was prepared a little bit for that. You know, I, I, um, I was lucky enough. I got to go out to California and, and, and play and, and pitch for I, who I think is the best pitching coach in the country and, and, and Dom Johnson. Um, you know, he's, he's got, you know, some big time arms. He's, he's worked with three number one overall picks and, and kind of just getting to see what those guys work, you know, work like and, um, and do kind of prepared me to go out there, but then being able to work with those guys day in and day out was was different. Um, and so that's where, you know, kind of bringing a mentality to UND like that um, and just saying, hey, this is what this is what an ACC team does. Let's do that. Right. <laughs> you know, what about what well, you say you went out there and worked with Dom Johnson, Don, Dominic Johnson. Yeah. So he's actually, you know, right now, you know, the biggest name that he's got um, is Joe Musgrove. Um, you know, so I got to I got to work out with Joe um, a lot. And this guy's in the private sector. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and he's, he's a very private guy. When I say very private, he has all the lessons in his backyard. 
Um, and it's called the backyard is what was what we call it. But, um, you know, getting to see guys like that, you know, I got to work out with like Phil Coke, um, Jerome Williams, um, Chris Davinsky, Joe Musgrove, uh, you know, Matt Bush, um, you know, some, some guy like Clevenger works out with him now. Um, you know, there's just a lot of guys that, that, uh, that I got to experience and see how they work on a daily basis. And it was just, it's different, you know, was, was that, was the uh, growth opportunity, was it what he taught you or was it just the environment that you were in around those other guys? All the above. All the above. All the above. Um, you know, it, 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 the way he breaks things down is like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like you're, you're, you're a 25-year-old in kindergarten again. Um, you know, like that's how, how easy he, he makes this. And it's like, oh, these are your ABCs you're 25 years old, know your ABCs. Right. And, and it was, it was just an experience for me that um, was unlike any other. And um, you know, for me, I try to get out there and, and, and learn from him as, as much as I can. I try to talk to him as much as I can. Um, and, and he's, he's just a wealth of knowledge, but the guys, I mean, we would go and he's got, he's, you know, he, he does it one by one, you know, he, one by one, you, you, you throw, he teaches, you go. So I got to see his lessons with all those pro guys. And I was a guy that I'll, I'll, I'll sit and wait all day long. I'll sit at your house from nine o'clock to 5 PM and I'll throw at five because I want to see what these guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, the way the, those guys are, it's like, it's just, they're so helpful. They're so helpful. Not only does like, you know, a guy like Chris Davinsky or, or Phil Cope was like my, was, was the dude that stayed around and, and, and helped me the most him and Jerome um, helped me a ton um, was, was just sticking around all day long because they love baseball and they wanted to coach and they wanted to do things like that and help people. And, um, and, and just getting their perspective as well of, you know, what had worked for them in the big leagues to get up there and like what I needed to do to get better on and off the mound. Um, so you share any of the, any of that stuff? Um, it's, it's a lot of it was like, you know, just like, um, mentality stuff, um, you know, understanding, understanding the counts, you know, I was before I was just majority of a, a thrower, um, understanding the counts, reading the hitter, where is he, where is he in the box when he swings, you know, what's he doing with his swing? Um, you know, understanding how your pitch is moving that day, right? Not, not on, you know, y- your stuff's different every day. Um, you know, what pitch did you, did you just throw a slider that was, that was a big banger, right? And you're like, man, that was nice, Right majority of times you're not going to throw a back-to-back slider just like that, right? You just threw the best slider of your career. Probably shouldn't go back to that, to a slider because it's probably going to move less. The guy just saw it. He's going to be on time for it. Right. I learned that the hard way. I threw, I, and that's why I say that. I, I remember I was, I was on a field. I was at Poway high school out there and I threw, I threw this pitch to, to a kid um, in, in college and I threw a nasty slider. I was like, man, that's it looked, made him look stupid. And I threw it again. It just didn't break like that. And he hit it about 600 feet. And, <laughs> and the first thing, Jerome Williams is the first one to pull me off to the side. He's like, man, I knew you were going to go back to it. And he goes, I knew he was going to hit it hard. Um, you know, so just kind of understanding, you know, um, you know, the sequencing and stuff like that, that's where they helped me out a ton. Um, you know, and like I said, the mentality aspect of just, you know, being a killer when you go out in the mound, um, understanding that, you know, if you're not the best, you better think that you're the best because that's the way, that's the way every single, you know, MLB guy that, that dominates goes out there and thinks. 
That's good stuff, man. I, yeah, that's kind of similar to like the hitting side. That's like the art of pitching, right? Is not just having the stuff, but knowing when to throw it and why you're throwing what pitches based on the hitter and things like that. And I've I've talked to some pitchers who, you know, they'll they'll will study hitters pretty, pretty decent amount when it comes to like check swings and foul balls and 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 things of that nature. Um, but yeah, I love it. I love hearing yeah. about that side of it and it being more of an art than anything else. Um, what, what would you say from like a mechanical standpoint, was there anything that you changed when you were out there? Yeah, everything, (laughs) (laughs) you know, he's, he's, uh, uh, he's a big short arm action guy. Um, you know, getting, getting your arm up, getting moving fast. Um, you know, I was blessed with a really quick arm. Um, and, and, but I was really long, you know, pull, go try to, and, and getting it to kind of just be here and then through being more, you know, more efficient through, through the zone, um, was really the biggest change that I made. Um, you know, we toyed around with, you know, m- uh, multiple different things of, you know, hand placement, um, you know, front foot placement at, at the set position, um, just everything kind of to get my body, you know, to set, you know, to sync up the right way. Um, you know, just, just making small adjustments like that, um, you know, over and over again, you know, seeing what works, what doesn't work, you know, you know, just trial and error, trial and error. Um, and, and having the trust in him, you know, I, I trust that I trust that guy with my life now, you know, I, you know, that's just having the trust in a guy like that and having, you know, in, in your pitching coaches is huge, um, you know, for development as well, because if you're sitting there going, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about this guy, you know, what, what's this guy doing? You know, and I probably have some guys like that. I think every pitching coach in the country has guys like that. Right. And they just, they don't get better and that's fine. Right. Go find, you need to go find a coach. That's going to, that's going to be for you. I'm not for everyone. Right. He, that, he's not for everyone. Right. Jared Kelly down at LSU is not for everyone. Um, you know, that, that's just, that's just the way it is. It's the way the world works. And, and, you know, you find a guy that, that works for you and you go. Yeah, I think different personalities, you know, are attracted to different, you know, coaches and that feel that connection. And yeah, I, I like you said, I've, I've dealt with that a little bit, too. I think it's impossible to get it to have everybody, you know, listen and connect with you. And like you said, as long as they're getting the information and getting better, I mean, I don't care where they go as long as they're, exactly. you know what I mean? I'm sure you don't either. You just want to win. Yeah, exactly. It, that is, that is the number one goal. You, I don't care if you, if you throw the ball backwards between your legs, if you throw strikes and you get guys out, yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm right. here for it. What about the, the shorting, shortening the arm action? Cause you saw that a lot, Trevor, I mean, don't know if I should mention his name, but Trevor Bauer and uh, <laughs> Joe Kelly and some of these other guys, like that was a pretty hot thing for a minute. Is that for injury prevention? Why like, all these guys were, were going to that? Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, there's, there's a big injury prevention there because, you know, you're, you're getting your arm in a more, you know, consistent position every time in a healthy position, every time there's less movement. You know, I always say there's less energy being, you know, you know, when you're, you're moving everything here, you're, you're less energy moving. Um, and, and I think that there, there's a big health aspect to it, but I also think that, um, just getting your arm in that position to move efficiently is way, you know, it, it creates velocity, you know, um, you know, it, it, right away when I went out there and I shortened up my arm action, my velo, you know, I was like 87, 89, I'd hit a 91, you know, every now and then. Um, and as soon as I changed, um, to get, you know, and I got comfortable with that short arm action, I was, I was 
sitting comfortably 89, 92, um, you know, so, and, and that's, you know, again, like I said, the strength aspect, I, I kind of learned from out there that was like, that's important. So was I strength training a little bit more? Yeah. Um, but I think that the mechanical side of, of making the short arm action, um, will help increase the velocity. It also helps deception too. You hate throw. you're a, you're a hitting guy. The guys that, that have the short arm actions hide the ball real well. Those are the guys that are tough, right? Oh, yeah. Those guys, those guys suck to hit against. Um, you know, and, and, you know, there's a, um, why I, I, I always forget the guy's name. He was out at Cal state Fullerton. Um, he was like 2013 Cal state Fullerton, like dominant pitcher. Um, and they were facing, and he actually worked with Dom out in California. I, I, for some reason, his name's, you know, spacing, but, um, he was, uh, he was facing Vanderbilt that was with Swanson, um, in the, in the world series. And, they had a big rain delay. I don't know if you remember this, this world series, they had a big rain delay in about the fifth inning. Um, and, and the kid from Fullerton, I think they were up one or two, nothing. And he was just carving through them. Um, he's 90, you know, 90, 91. He wasn't anything, you know, velocity special righty 90, 91 at the division one level. You're like, I see that every day. Yeah. Um, but he was just bam, 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 you know, and they did an interview with Swanson after the game because it, it you know, it resumed Vanderbilt ended up winning. And um, they did a, swan, a, a, a interview with Swanson and Swanson was like, what, you know, they were like, what made him so hard? They were like, it felt like he was throwing 95, 96. Um, and you look up at the board and it's 89, 91. And we're all sitting there going, what is going on? Right. So um, the deception is, is real um, with a guy that has a short arm action. Um, it's more repeatable. Um, it, it, it just, it's, it looks a little sexier to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it does look cleaner. It looks cleaner, yeah. but I think, you know, going back to what you're talking about with Swanson, those guys like me, it's obviously that velocity, if it appears to be faster than the hitter's perception changes. But I mean, pitching to me, it's just all about disrupting timing, right? Hitting is timing is everything, swinging at good pitches and being on time. So if you can disrupt the timing in in any type of way, whether it be, you know, because a lot of times what I see is pitchers, you know, they come set. If they, if I got a guy who comes set, even if he has really good stuff, takes his time, lifts his leg up, long arm action. It's so much easier to, to hit that. Like, I feel like I have so much time to, to be ready and be on time versus right. if a guy it's, it's everything's quick. And I, I don't exactly know when to, when to go and then start my, my move with my, with it as a hitter that changes everything. And it kind of gets, now you're in your own head and now, you know, before yeah. you know it balls by you. That's the, that's the job of the pitcher, right? Just get, that's what I, I try to tell my guy, get in his head, get in his head. If you get in his head, you're, you've won, you've won. Hitting's hard. Hitting's hard. I tell our guys all the time, you know, I, you know, there's good hitters. Don't get me wrong. But I say, you know, for the majority of hitters, I, I always tell our guys, hitters aren't good. And I said, you know how I know that? Cause I throw BP and I see BP fastball being popped up in the infield. Yeah. Um, you know, from our guys, from, from the best guys in the, in the world, right it's, it's a tough thing to do. Hitting is so hard, right? Why, why is the, there, don't, don't be, don't be, be confident at all times. Be confident. You've got the advantage. Yeah. 300 hitters, a hall of famer. We always say that, right? You're going to get them set out seven out of 10 times. Be confident up there. Right. You're going to yeah, you have statistically, you have the advantage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. And it's I, to your point, the BP, I mean, yeah, there's the best hitters in the world. If you go watch them take BP, they foul pitches off. They yeah. roll over when they don't want to. They all that stuff happens 
The difference is, and I'm sure it's just probably similar on the pitching side too, is when they do miss hit balls, they don't panic. Like it doesn't phase them. You know what I mean? I'm sure probably it's similar with pitching too, where Max Scherzer's on the mound and he gives up a couple of, of hits here or there. He's he's still in that, cool. that killer instinct. Don't cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What pitchers do you like to watch right now? I, my favorite all time, and I think it's just because I'm a little guy, it, it's always been Stroman. Um, you know, he's just – he's a stud. I love him. Um, you know, I I just think his his mentality on the mound, everything, um, I, I, I love I love watching him. And then I – you know, I, I really like watching Joe Musgrove. I, you know, one, because I, I got to work out with him, but, man, he is efficient. He's efficient. He, he, he You know, like he said, he doesn't panic. He gives up a, home, a, a solo home run, and he's like, ah, whatever, back to it right? Doesn't want guys, um, stuff like that. Like that's, those are the type of guys I like to watch or the guys, you know, you see that a lot in MLB, you know, most majority of guys don't walk a ton of guys, but like, I really like to see those starters that go seven innings and you, you don't see a walk. You, you want maybe one, um, you know, the guys that just compete, um, you know, and, and, and get outs, like those guys are, those guys are, are just different to me, but, but Stroman's my favorite just because of his, his mentality on the mound on and off the mound. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. He's active on social media and it kind of gives yeah. away a lot of tips and stuff for, for players. I, I, I think that's, that's huge to help grow the game. Quite honestly. Um, I would, and I, I think too, with Stroman, he reminds me, he does a little bit of a Johnny Cueto where he'll, he'll mess around and hold, hold positions and his wind up to help mess with timing. Is that something that, and I know I'm probably not this past year because it was your first year and you guys were young, but is that something that you anticipate ever talking about with your players yeah so i actually just had i had a pitcher that was actually injured all year he just text texted me two days ago with a video of cueto and all the the stuff and he said this is what i want to master and i was like mm. like if you want to do that to mess with the timing great you know our number two starter who is also our center fielder he did that stuff and and man he was tough to and he was he's a lefty that's you know up to 86 and and he just carves through teams because he, you know, one, he's a hitter. So he knows, right. That this, this sucks to hit against. Yeah. All right. Like this is the worst, a lefty throwing 82 to 84 consistent and then doing, you know, switching up the timing like that, man, that's that you don't see that very often. And, and, um, and with the pitch ability, like it, so maybe a little bit, um, you know, obviously I'm not going to do it with, with some guys, some guys are rhythm guys, right. They get, they gotta, they gotta have a rhythm. If you don't have a lot, and you see it, you know, pitchers are, pitchers are a little weird. You know, I was a pitcher. I was a little, I was a little weird, right? We're a little, we're a little different, but um, you know, a lot of guys have to have a rhythm and if you don't have a rhythm and you break up their rhythm, they're lost, absolutely lost. Um, and so some guys you, you can do that with, cause they've got the, they've got the um, you know, between the ear stuff going on with them. Um, but some guys it's like, that nah, that doesn't feel right. I can't do that. Um, so, so, but yeah, so for some, yeah, but not, not for most probably. That's interesting. So your number two starter was also your center fielder. You don't hear that very often. At least I don't. And, and he was, you know, he hit, he was our leadoff hitter. Um, he, he hit. I did he, it all. Oh, dude, he's, just, but he's a kid and, and we had our exit meetings the other day and I, I looked at him. He's, he's, you know, five foot eight, 140, 150 pounds soaking wet. Like he is a tiny kid. And he, you know, he, he's a transfer from uh, Wright State. Um, he went there as a pitcher only, um, and then he went to Sinclair. He was a National JUCO outfielder, you know, of the of the year. 
at that at that level. And then um, he he came to UND and and um, you know he's just he's a stud all the way around. I told him in his accident interview. I said I said man, I said the one thing because he, he he dealt with a little bit of arm issues this year, just like slight. And I told him I said man, what I need you to do is I need you to throw seventy innings for me next year, eighty innings for me next year. And he's like I love it. I said you can pick up a bat in six months and you're going to be able to hit 360. That's just who he is. Yeah. You know, like I said, guys that don't have to work, this is a kid. He's an anomaly. He doesn't have to work right, to be good. Now, if he wants to be great, you put the work in, you're great. Right. Um, but, but like I told him, I said, I said, man, you, you, you could do it all. You could not pick up a baseball and go out and, and you're going to dominate a game. Um, you could, you know, just hit, hit the baseball whenever he, he, it's just the way he is. And, and, uh, and he was awesome. I think he hit like 364 from the leadoff position and, and, and then had like a three, five ERA on the season. Jeez. I tell you, I mean, I was definitely not one of those guys that could just roll out of bed and be, be ready to compete. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's, that's good stuff. Adam, it's been a lot of fun, man. I appreciate yeah. you doing this coming on, uh, you know, at, Obviously, you're only at what you're in Indianapolis. That's only an hour and a half or so away from me. So we'll have to get together. It was good seeing you at the convention with, uh, I think, Hassan back. Is that who you live with, by the way? So, yeah, no. So I, I lived with uh, Sean. Um, oh, Campbell. Campbell. And okay. and so actually, so me and Sean went to the same pitching guy out there. That's, you know, that's when oh, I met okay. Sean was that's Dom. Um, and and, and uh, Derek. Derek was my catcher when I went out there and played. So, okay. uh, so Derek knows all about, you know, Derek, Derek's hitting coach, Darren is Dom's brother. Okay. Um, so, so that's where, you know, the connection there with them is I met, I met all those guys out there. So. Okay, cool. Right on, right on. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. I appreciate it. It's been good. Been a lot of fun and um, you know, good luck this summer playing over or doing the, the summer league at Grand Park. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you having me on.